Starcourt Study Hall episodes contain spoilers for all seasons of Stranger Things. Episodes may also contain graphic content and language not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts unless otherwise stated, and all content and characters are property of Netflix and the Duffer Brothers. I'm Amanda. I'm Marina. And And this this is Starcourt Study Hall. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Happy Halloween. It is the most wonderful time of the year. Sure is. It's not, you know, the other times of the year that people seem to think are the most wonderful. This is the most wonderful time of the year. Absolutely. I agree. It is spooky season. So we just want to also give a quick shout out to our, our spookified or our Halloweenified <laughs> theme song <laughs> yes we we were really excited to give you a little spookiness before we actually get into our very special spooky episode so sh- oh it's a spooky it one. is shout out to my fiance who is a musician who helped me create the spooky version because uh i would not have been able to do that by myself so thank you so you're probably all wondering what the heck we're doing today but i just want to tell you to get your blankets Okay, get your jack-o'-lanterns, <laughs> maybe some pie, a hay bale or two. Just get it all. <laughs> get everything you can, whatever you want, because it is spooky season. And this is our first strange and spooky episode. Ooh, strange and spooky. I love it. Yes, and I, if, we, if you like them, we'll do more. Mm-hmm. We, we had to think of what we wanted to do for this. Essentially, Amanda was like, hey, let's do a Halloween episode. And I was like obviously yes we will do a halloween episode but we were like what do we do what do we talk about what do we say because obviously stranger things is already spooky Mm -hmm. so like isn't you know just talking about stranger things enough not for this nope no (laughs) it's never enough we must talk about other things in relation to stranger things so i was actually inspired by a different podcast for the theme of this episode and i'm going to be telling amanda a story today i'm so actually four four stories (laughs) all right and the podcast that i was referring to is called national park after dark these ladies discuss Everything from like spooky encounters to conservation to tales of survival, but it's all centered around like national parks. And one of their episodes, they were discussing points of no return in the United States. Oh boy. So these are places in the United States where people have gone and never returned. Oh my. Okay. Yes. And my interest was particularly piqued when they started to talk about the Bermuda Triangle because they mentioned something called the vile vortices as i was listening to this and it was like right at the tail end of the episode which was their episode 39 to be exact i had just this light bulb it was not will i checked (laughs) it was just a light bulb (laughs) and it was like it went off and i was like this is it like this is our spooky episode the vile vortices Amanda, do you know what the vile vortices are? <laughs> I, I don't, actually. I googled them briefly before we did this, but I know nothing. Okay. And for those of you who aren't Amanda, which is, which is all of you, Correct. <laughs> I provided Amanda with a visual aid <laughs> for this episode, and we will put some of those visuals on our stuff so that you can see it. 
so what the hell are the vile vortices? Because, <laughs> like, you're all here to talk about Stranger Things, right? So what the heck does any of this have to do with Stranger Things? So let me explain to you a little bit about the vile vortices. And I'm going to read to you a quote from a website that I actually encountered quite a bit doing this research, marineinsight.com. Okay. Vile vortices are areas on the Earth's surface which have naturally occurring anomalies due to the planet's natural electromagnetic fields being stronger. So these vortices were actually identified by a Scottish biologist named Ivan T. Sanderson in 1972, and he called them the 12 graveyards around the world. Oh, goodness. No, no, thanks. Nope, I'm good. And that's because there's strange events associated with these regions, disappearing aircraft, ships, all that really comforting stuff. Great. <laughs> so these vortices are spread equally across the Tropic of Cancer and the Tropic of Capricorn, so the northern and southern hemispheres. And there is about 72 degrees between the vortices in each hemisphere. Hmm. Refer to your visual aid. I see. And they include the North and South Poles. Okay. Interesting. So, yeah. So we will post a map. <laughs> it's, it's a wobbly map. It's squiggly. <laughs> yes. Um, so we'll post a map, obviously, so you can see what, what the hell we are talking about. But most of Sanderson's findings were speculative, and he based a lot of his information on pilots who had strange experiences in the regions. So, you know, similarly to our MK Ultra episode, a lot of this is speculative, a little bit pseudo-science-y, <laughs> but it's spooky and it is certainly strange. So, yeah. Can you see where we're going with this? Yes, right. In Stranger Things, we can see like the impact that an incredibly strong electromagnetic field can have on the environment around the field. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, like, obviously, Mothergate is a disruption to the compasses in season one, and we get the electricity surges every time a temporary portal is open that sort of thing and then in season three we see how like the russian gate under Starcore obviously impacts joyce's magnet true so in my research for this episode i actually found an article on wired and i'm not going to use it but it actually goes into the science behind the magnets in season three. Oh, and like talks about the scientific accuracy and stuff Oh, I'm ex okay we're gonna have to use that when we get into season three yeah so but here's a, just a quick quote from stranger things wiki any gate disrupts the local electromagnetic field causing compasses to point toward it instead of the earth's magnetic north so this episode to me is a little bit like our Stranger Things in the Wild little series thing that we've been kind of throwing together haphazardly <laughs> on Instagram. Because obviously it's not directly related to Stranger Things, but there are a lot of themes from Stranger Things that I found were kind of happening when I was looking up these vile vortices beyond even like the electromagnetic stuff. I was like, all right, okay, what are we doing here? Before we get into all the spooky and strange uh, stuff, I just want to say that there are sources, over 15 of them, and they will all be in the Google Doc. Yes, which is always so, linked in our episode descriptions. Yes, this is a lot of piecemeal research. So are you ready for some spooky and strange shit? I'm so ready. I feel like we've already gotten a little spooky and strange, so I can't wait to see what's next. It's just going to get worse. Oh, gosh. Yes. So we mentioned that there are 12 of these vortices around the world. And that these regions have these electromagnetic anomalies, similar to the ones that our heroes and Stranger Things are dealing mm -hmm. with. And there are lots of stories and legends associated with these locations. Some of them are quite spooky. 
So grab your egos and your bologna sandwiches. <laughs> I picked four of them to talk about. And the first one we're going to talk about is the Bermuda Triangle. We all know where that is, probably. Maybe not. It is located off the coast of North America. You've probably been to the Bermuda Triangle, mm-hmm. haven't you? I have. Right? Yeah. 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 I've, I've been there. Yep. I did like a glass-bottom boat tour of I, it once. I, I'm glad you came back. I did. I, <laughs> <laughs> I did come back. But anyway, um, now a quote from the Britannicas. <laughs> Joyce lent me her Britannica collection for this episode. (laughs) The Bermuda Triangle is a section of the North Atlantic Ocean off North America in which more than 50 ships and 20 airplanes are said to have mysteriously disappeared. So it sort of forms a triangle between Bermuda, Puerto Rico, and Miami, Florida. In addition to the disappearances, there have been reports of glowing water, spinning compasses random malfunctions and strange sightings whoa okay dustin probably knows all this already i'm sure so i'm just asking hey dustin if you're listening i would just ask that you please don't gatekeep me like i know that you know all this already but i'm gonna tell it to amanda anyway no keeping curiosity <laughs> <our locked>. listeners. <laughs> yeah dustin <laughs> but yeah we're gonna talk specifically about the uss cyclops okay I've and in <laughs> I've heard a little bit about this from from actually a different podcast. I I believe it was Dark History with Bailey Sarian. Ooh. Yeah, it is dark. It is sure okay. dark. So the USS Cyclops was one of the largest ships in the United States Navy in March 1918, just over a hundred years ago. This ship was almost 550 feet long, and it was carrying over 300 people and 11,000 tons of manganese from Brazil to Baltimore. Ooh, okay. Going right through that triangle. Right through it. Bad move. Like like Cupid's arrow, just <laughs> going through it. Wrong season. <laughs> According to History.com, the last known message from the ship was, Weather fair, all well. Oh, dear. Yeah. But over the course of the nine-day voyage, the ship vanished and its passengers were never heard from again. And that's a really big ship. 550 feet long, carrying over 300 people. No wreckage ever washed up and there were no code reds picked up. Oh my god. From any ships traveling the same route. It was just gone. Wow. No thank you. No bodies, no nothing? Nothing. Nothing. Gone. Gone. (laughs) (laughs) Like Barb. Like Barb. Gone. Very gone. Of course, there are theories about what actually happened to the Cyclops. So, you know, we have UFOs. We have some German war raids. Oh. You know, it was right around the brink of World War I. Okay. Yeah. 1918. Leviathans. Those are fun. What are those? Leviathans are giant sea creatures. (gasps) Like massive giant sea creatures. Like the Kraken. Oh, God. Is a Leviathan. I hate all of this. I hate all of this. Okay. <laughs> That's not even the worst of it, in my opinion. So, what was suspected to have actually occurred to me is the most chilling explanation, which is, you know, I mean, Leviathans and UFOs are pretty chilling, but what actually reportedly happened is the creepiest to me. And you'll probably agree. There is a theory that it was capsized by a wave over the Puerto Rico Trench, which is the deepest part of the Atlantic Ocean. 
Marina has so kindly included a photo in my in my visual aid <laughs> document, and I am I hate the ocean so much. I'm so afraid of the ocean, and um, thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> Here's a really pleasant quote from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Oh, great! The Puerto Rico Trench is associated with the most negative gravity anomaly on Earth. Oh my gosh. Which indicates the presence of an active downward force. That's so scary. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God, that's so scary. I hate that. Yes. Uh-huh. <gasps> so it's bad. So ships are pulled oh. downward, oh. allegedly, because of this gravity force. So has this happened to other ships? Well, I mean, it's the it's the Bermuda Triangle. Oh, yeah. And I will say there are reasonable explanations for each of the things that I talk about. That doesn't make them any less scary. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. But, yeah, so it's this gravity anomaly. That's okay. That makes, well, it doesn't make sense, but it makes sense. I don't think, you've never seen Lost, right? I have not seen so, Lost. This reminds me a bit of Lost. There's a lot of magnets and... Planes crashing, obviously. It doesn't seem like a lot, but the Puerto Rico Trench is actually five miles deep. So, like, when you think of five miles on land going in a direction, it doesn't feel like a lot. But think of five miles down into the ocean. Yeah, I hate that. I'm thinking about it. You don't have to think about it too long. Okay, that's good. Okay, so I'm going to leave you with that thought. On to our next vile vortice here, or vortex, I suppose. It's Rapa Nui. Better known as Easter Island. Oh, all right. So it's an incredibly remote island far off the western coast of South America with incredibly recognizable and famous megaliths. If you look them up, you will know them. There are over 600 of them. They are Squidward's house. I was just going to say. I hate to reduce these megaliths to Squidward's house, but that is probably where a lot of people know the imagery from. The Easter Island megaliths. And it was interesting. I learned that Easter Island was actually the European rename of this previously Polynesian mm. yeah, island. It was called Rapa Nui. Wow. Thanks, Europeans. Yeah. Yeah. So the Europeans came along with their infinite wisdom and were just like, nah, fam, we discovered this on Easter. It's Easter <laughs> Island. Is that seriously how they named it? That is that is what occurred. Oh, that's yes. so lame. Do they, better, Europeans. Yes. They found it on Easter and settled it and called it Easter Island. Oh my gosh. Not only did they colonize, yes. but they did it badly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there are over 600 of these megaliths and this island is actually one of the locations of one of the vortices. So it's unclear exactly when the Rapa Nui people arrived on the island, but it is believed that it was sometime between 800 AD and 1200 AD, but there's lots of like conflicting reports. And the Rapa Nui people who built the statues lived off the land when they arrived. And this was, you know, everything. Trees, grass, everything. And it was believed that all of the trees on the island were eventually cleared, burned, or used. Yeah. So this left the island completely barren. And one understanding is that this resulted in starvation, rumored cannibalism, (laughs) and eventually the fall of their civilization. Wow. Yeah. So, as I said, there are a lot of conflicting reports about what exactly happened to the Rapa Nui people. And some scientists don't necessarily believe that the people themselves were solely responsible for the deforestation or the downfall of the ecosystem. Hmm. So we enter archaeologist Terry Hunt, not Terry Ives, (laughs) Terry Hunt, from the University of Hawaii. And this all came from a really good article from the Smithsonian. And in the year 2000, not the Jonas Brothers... (laughs) Year 3000, like the actual year 2000, 
Terry Hunt and his students and fellow archaeologist Carl Lipo began to excavate one of the island's northernmost beaches. Okay. And they found, like, plenty of indicators of the civilization's presence. So human bones, tools, charcoal. But they also found something else. What did they find? They found rat bones. Rat bones? Rat bones. So many rat bones, in fact, that it suggested the former presence of millions of rats. Ah! (laughs) Not millions of rats. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Where is Mrs. Driscoll when we need her? Uh, I hate that. Yeah, it reminds me of how I found on, on the, the Stranger Things wiki how many rats were killed to make the skin monster. <laughs> it was like, please, it was like, share with I think us. it was like 806 rats or something. I don't know where they got this number. A very yeah. specific number. Of no rats. idea where they got this number from, but what in the skin spider is happening here? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So. Rat bones were found, and I just want to stop everybody right here and say that if you have never listened to Rats off of the season three soundtrack, (laughs) please go and ruin your day by doing exactly that. So squishy. (laughs) It is four minutes and 36 seconds of horror, and it sounds like worms crawling in reverse. (laughs) Accurate. (laughs) Yeah, go listen to Rats off of the season three soundtrack. Yeah, so they found millions of rat bones. I hate it. Anyway. Yeah. So Hunt believed that these rats were actually partially responsible for the deforestation of the island. That many rats. That many rats. Just ate and the And essentially the belief was that the Polynesian rats had fed on all of the palm seeds, making the natural regeneration of trees impossible. Okay. Because there were no more seeds. So I just want to say that it's one of many theories about what happened to those people. Okay. But it's not the only accepted explanation, just one of many potentials. It's a pretty horrifying one. It is. When I found the rats, I was like, all right, stranger things, I see you. (laughs) So, yeah, one of the many theories of what happened to that civilization. Rats. Rats. Just rats. Just rats. Okay, back to the water. (laughs) No. Everybody get in the water. Everybody get back in the boat. (laughs) Gosh, okay. We're going, yeah, sorry, we're going to the Devil's Sea. We have to. Located off the coast of Japan. Okay. So, for our third vortex, this is known as the Bermuda Triangle of the Pacific. Mm. All right. And it is said to be between Japan, the Philippines, and Guam. I would just like to point out that most of the imagery associated with this area is just a gaping hole in the middle of the ocean with water pouring down into it. I literally just scrolled down to that photo and, like, had to, like, close my eyes for a minute. That was horrifying. Yes. Yeah, it's disturbing. The ocean is scary. And I like the ocean. I do not. Amanda does not. Yeah, when we when we go to the beach, I just avoid the... I just let Marina go in the water. I just watch her like a proud parent. I wear my water shoes. Marina can attest to my water shoes. That's embarrassing. <laughs> so, the Devil's Sea, sometimes referred to as the Dragon's Triangle. And this legend originated in China thousands of years ago. And the legend was that there was a dragon with insatiable hunger pulling ships to sea. Mm. Okay has an appetite for ships he likes ships an article from a very reputable website <laughs> called ancient oh boy <laughs> states that there are numerous accounts of disappearing ships and planes sightings of ghost ships and islands whole ass ghost islands ghost islands whole ass islands that are there and then gone. oh my gosh Yeah, extreme weather and electromagnetic disturbances with historical accounts of strange phenomena stemming back at least three thousand years this visual and like the, the gaping 
dragon mouth thing makes me think of what Nancy said that Vecna made her see in her vision. Mm. A big monster with a big gaping mouth. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. That was like the first thought I had when I looked at this. So one of the more well-known disappearances in this region was of a fighter plane in 1945 during World War II. Okay. And prior to radio silence, the pilot who was named Shiro Kawamoto managed to relay one final message. Something is happening in the sky. The sky is opening up. (gasps) And that's proof that the Mind Flayer has been fucking shit up (laughs) since 1945. (laughs) There you have it, folks. But yeah, this pilot, radio silent and... That's why never heard from again. That makes me believe that, like, since there's some magnetic nonsense going on, the pilot could have gotten like disoriented, and maybe he was mm. actually upside down, and what he was seeing was the ocean opening up, much like this photo. I don't like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be scaring you, <laughs> <laughs> not the other way. <laughs> we have to post this one on the Instagram. This particular photo is just so eerie. It is disturbing. So. Another famous disappearance, which took place in 1952, actually led Japan to declaring the area unsafe for voyaging. Good! (laughs) As we should, honestly. Why is the Bermuda Triangle still open? Please. Someone close it. I'm just imagining, like, an open for business sign on the Bermuda Triangle. It's going to be, like, detour signs. (laughs) So... Before, essentially, the event that occurred that led to Japan declaring the area unsafe was after a Japanese research ship went out to investigate the region and never came back. So this is now two vessels of several. The wreck was later found. Okay. But all 31 passengers were gone. That's weird. That's like, that's almost weirder than not finding anything at all. I agree. That's pretty strange. Imagine you find the ship in perfect condition with all 31 people gone. See, that's the scariest possible scenario. (laughs) (laughs) Maximum spooks. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And again, naturally there have been, there's plenty of speculation around what exactly happened and why these disappearances take place. Par for the course, we have sea monsters, um, aliens again. And notably, portals to other worlds. Oh, oh. Yes. But just to, you know, bring it back around, it is most likely due to typhoons and a field of methane hydrates at the bottom of the region, which, according to OceanInfo.com, when overheated, create eruptions that sink ships. Oh, no, boo. I like the scary explanation. <laughs> well, I, wrote, I think I prefer the portal to other worlds theory. Yes, it's much more interesting. Who cares about methane hydrates? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Not me. That's for damn Give sure. me a Kraken. <laughs> yes, I will take an alien or a sea monster any day Same. over methane hydrate. Ugh, so true. <laughs> Sheesh. So our last vile vortex of the day is called the South Atlantic Anomaly. Spooky. And it is located southeast of Argentina. Okay. So at this point, I would I would advise everybody to get out of their boats, hop in their rocket ships, because we are going to space. <laughs> oh, great. Another place I am terrified of. <laughs> <laughs> it is time to head to the existential black abyss of space. Oh, gosh. I hate it even more. <laughs> yeah. So what scares you more, space or the ocean? I don't... I want to say the ocean, just because, like, I know for a fact that there's scary creatures in there. I don't mm. know about outer space. Unconfirmed scary right. creatures in space. Right. Confirmed scary yes. creatures in the ocean. <laughs> yep. I don't know if any of you are like gamers out there, but if you're a gamer and you like 
the ocean play subnautica nope. okay manda told me no she's not playing <laughs> subnautica no yeah uh, uh my fiance has a friend who has been playing it and yeah marina also has sent me images from it and it is a big nope from me if you are afraid of the ocean <laughs> you will not like that game thalassophobia <laughs> Anyway, back to space. Um, according to space.com, and yes, that space. is the name of the website. <laughs> it took me so long to find this information in terms I could understand. Yeah, the South Atlantic anomaly is a weak spot in the Earth's magnetic field, which protects the planet from high doses of solar wind and cosmic radiation. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Okay, so let's talk about the Van Allen radiation belts. <laughs> uh, okay, we will. So another quote, energetic charged particles from the sun get trapped in Earth's magnetic field, forming the Van Allen radiation belts. Please refer to your visual aid. I'm looking. Okay. And these belts have been described as seething donuts of radiation. Seething donuts of radiation? Why are they seething? Yes. They're not squelching. I guess seething is better than squelching. I don't... Squelching donuts. <laughs> are we scaring everybody? I hope so. This is so scary. <laughs> Marita's mic just went down. It's got to be the radiation. Seething donuts of radiation. Okay, great. Seething donuts. <laughs> okay. In this particular location, though, the belts dip closer to Earth's surface than normal, and this is what causes the South Atlantic anomaly. Oh. I know it's confusing, so I have a nice, concise summary. Great. Okay. Here, again, a quote. I'm sorry. There's a lot of quotes in this episode, but it's just better that way yes. than me trying to paraphrase. Here, the belts of radiation that envelop Earth dip relatively low in the atmosphere, exposing satellites to the energetic particles that they normally wouldn't be exposed to. Okay? So it's the higher than normal radiation levels that cause the electromagnetic oddities. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And this particular anomaly, the South Atlantic anomaly, causes issues primarily with spacecraft orbiting Earth and satellites. So it's actually sometimes referred to as Space's Bermuda Triangle. Oh, interesting. That's a lot of triangles. It is a lot of triangles, <laughs> even in space. <laughs> According to, we have Marine Insight again. When planes fly over the South Atlantic anomaly, they are forced to shut off all gadgets, which are likely to get affected. So what? How do they? I don't like how that. How do they fly? I don't know. I didn't know you could turn off your I, computers and still fly. I would imagine that some equipment is safe to leave, like crucial or critical equipment. Yeah. But yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that either. <laughs> so another malfunction um, actually occurred aboard one of Japan's spacecraft, and it was called the Hitomi spacecraft. And what occurred was a malfunction and an uncontrolled rotation that eventually tore the aircraft completely apart. Oh yeah. So I was looking at like the details of this event and it was essentially that the spacecraft's automatic orientation mechanic so how it knows where it is in space tried to overcompensate for the spinning of the aircraft and it spun so extensively so quickly that it literally just came apart no nobody was oh. on it it was just a okay yeah that's good you know but this actually only just happened in march 2016 which is surprisingly wow recent. that is recent <clears throat> So some comforting and peaceful thoughts to leave you Great. with. The South Atlantic anomaly is reportedly not only weakening, but also changing shape. And some reports even say that it may over time split into two anomalies. I hate that. That is not comforting. Okay. Well, I tried. <laughs> um, and, uh, we don't know. Scientists don't know yet how the changes to the anomaly will impact life on Earth. Great. 
Consider me unsettled. <laughs> that was my Thank goal. You. Yeah, so I only talked about four out of the 12. And I did mention that two are north and south, but here are the others if you'd like to do your own research. Sorry. No, my... I'm looking at these and they're, I don't like them. Oh, <laughs> I forgot about the visual Specifically aid. <laughs> the last one. I'm not a fan. So Mohenjo-Daro is located in Pakistan. It is sometimes referred to as the Mound of the Dead. And another quote from the Britannicus, this site contains the remnants of one of two main centers of the ancient Indus civilization. So it's a collapsed civilization. And then we have, I tried to Google the pronunciation. It is a Hawaiian word, Hamakulia. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but that is an underwater volcano in Hawaii's ring of fire. And then there's the Algerian megaliths. So these are understood to be ginormous ancient Algerian tombs. And more megaliths. More megaliths. These are in, yep, megaliths of Zimbabwe. And again, massive stone structures indicative of another lost civilization. Hmm. And then we have, this one sounds the creepiest to me. I don't know why I feel that way, but the Wharton Basin, it just sounds creepy. But when you actually look into it, it's, it's really not that creepy. It is located in the Indian Ocean, southwest of Malaysia and Indonesia. And this area is actually associated with the disappearance of Malaysian Flight 370. Oh. You remember that? I remember, for sure. From 2014? Mm -hmm. Yes. So the Wharton Basin is at times associated with the disappearance of that aircraft. If anybody doesn't know that story of that flight, it is spooky. Yes. It really is. Very It really is. And then, last but not least, we have the Hebrides Trench. Another trench. I don't like trenches. I don't like fish. I don't like it. (laughs) Four miles deep, east of Australia and south of Papua New Guinea. And on my visual aid, I included for Amanda some of the fish that have been spotted at the bottom of this trench. And they are kind of colloquially known as ghost fish. It looks like it has legs. Maybe it does. And I do not like it. All right. Maybe it needs them. (laughs) I just want to point out, though, there's like a lot of trenches and they all remind me of the rift that L closes at the end of season yeah. two. <laughs> right? Like, how did that thing even get that large? I know, really <laughs> massive. Like, that is a serious gate. Yeah, it is. So those are the the 10 vortices plus the North and South Pole. And like I said, if you feel like doing some of your own research on the, I think, what, six that I named after the fact. But I think like to conclude... What I find most interesting about them is that if we're not dealing with like a natural phenomenon, like a trench in the ocean or radiation belts, we're dealing with sites of massive man-made structural feats. Yeah. Right? Like why at these distinct points around the world are there either five mile deep trenches or giant man-made megaliths? Right. Like it's, it's almost like that it's almost confirmation that there is something strange about that place. Like... Right. Like, yeah. I mean, the vortices are just these pockets of, like, weird electromagnetic energy stuff, right? And Yes. Allegedly. Yes, allegedly. So, like... Theoretically. Theoretically. So, yeah. I mean, to see, like, kind of unexplainable man-made stuff in these places is really eerie. It is. It's odd. So, it's like, if these areas are genuinely where we have these electromagnetic anomalies, how related are the natural and man-made phenomena to the anomalies right Right. like how are they connected i have this question and i feel like this is a pretty big question to come back to stranger things with like is there something about hawkins is it is it hawkins itself 
That's the big question, at least in my mind. Yeah. You know, so that so, that really makes me think. <laughs> so I actually took it upon myself to declare a 13th vile vortex okay. in Hawkins, Indiana. I agree. I'm sold. <laughs> okay. I was like, there needs to be a 13th one. Yep, I agree. Because I, I personally think there's something something sketchy going on in Hawkins. Yeah. And I, I even put like, I think this holds some merit. Because the reason why the Russians moved to Hawkins to begin mm-hmm. with, right, was kind of twofold from what I understand. Is one, it was easier to open a gate there because the previous gate was like healing. Yes, that's what. It's like it was just closed, yeah. right? And then I think, I don't know if it's ever overtly stated, but I feel like it's implied that there's a, like, the veil is thinner yes. here, right? Yeah. Alexi Hawkins. says that. He says part of it was location, and that's why they chose Hawkins, mm-hmm. because this, like, barrier was thinner in Hawkins. Yeah. So. It's vulnerable. Yeah, there's, there's definitely something going on. Yeah. So, now we have 13. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ivan. We've declared it. Sanderson. We've declared a 13th vile vortex, and it is Hawkins, Indiana. Which doesn't exist, by the way. (laughs) Which doesn't exist, but that's not the point of the episode. (laughs) So, yeah, that was our little spooky and strange episode. Probably more strange than spooky. Yeah, definitely more strange than spooky. And it makes me happy because Marina and I used to love to do this to ourselves at age like 12 like just freak mm. ourselves out with like weird urban legends and stuff like that so we did warms my heart that we're still doing it today <laughs> yeah like we can't help ourselves nope, we have everybody loves a good little scare we have to be spooked <laughs> yes so yeah i don't know i feel like like i said this is a little bit more strange than it is spooky but it's like existentially strange mm-hmm. too mm-hmm. you know it's like the ocean and space and these presumed ancient collapsed civilizations and it's interesting yeah and it involves a lot of life's big questions like why are we here like who was here before us what did they do Mm -hmm. and why did they do these things so it's definitely existential it is and the answer to why we're here is to watch stranger things yes the more specific answer is we're here to watch stranger things chapter eight very soon the end the end of season one which is kind of wild i can't believe it i can't believe it either (laughs) we did a whole season whole season yeah hope you guys were just as disturbed disturbed oh we used the same word (laughs) as we were (laughs) unsettled unsettled (laughs) me too don't look too far into the rest of this stuff because it might make you sad (laughs) yeah so till next time everybody Stay strange. Stay strange. To keep in touch and stay informed about upcoming Starcourt Study Hall episodes, follow us on Twitter at SSHpod and on Instagram at Starcourt Study Hall. Then 12. Northern. The North. <laughs> <laughs> the North and 12th Poles. The North- Wow, there's 12 of them? 12 (laughs) poles. This is, yeah, 12 poles. Here we go. (laughs) Anyway, um, I'm going to say that part again. And you can do with it what you will. I'm excited. (laughs) Okay.